Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhantu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Hello everyone, welcome back to Desperate Retune. Uh, I'm Saumitri Otri, your GM. And with me are our regular players, Emma. Hi. Clau. Buongiorno. Prince. Howdy doody. Adiat or soap. Present. What the fuck? <laughs> I should have expected that. Great. Fantastic. Incredible. It's, it's the right energy. <laughs> the right energy. Um, at the end of our last session, we ended, in fact, on a cliffhanger as we saw Freya um, descend on this escalator along with... Um, and I'm, I'm still going to pronounce his name wrong. I'm really sorry, Emma. Uh, Bodain. Bodain? That was good. Oh, good. Okay. So Bodain and uh, Nabila were descending on, on a f- down the escalator to reach where the committee meeting was being held. Freya continued escalator, descended somehow past the ground, for she had briefly returned to the present time. And Joan was face-to-face with, with the vision of her past with whom she had, you know, somewhat kind of dealt with, but also, you know, uh, had, le- had left a fair amount of unfinished business with. Um, in the committee meeting itself, uh, the crew had managed to kind of wrest control away uh, of the meeting from the Begum uh, and from the Sheikh. And I think as matters stand now, uh, you're very close to kind of like cementing that for the moment and being able to decide something because you've been able to show everyone that you really know what's going on and they really don't. Um, but I think we should start with Joan. I remember quite vividly that there was this moment of you and Bodain's eyes your gaze is kind of meeting and realizing that something has kind of gone quite wrong. And Nabila is actually under the impression that Budin's a cool guy. Uh, he does seem to be going on about 
her friend Freya being some kind of royal, but, you know, maybe that's just what happens on vision quests. And Freya, if I remember correctly, warped through the floor and disappeared. Yes, correct. Freya's no longer here, but... You know, I take that back. I think Nabila's actually freaking out because Freya's disappeared through the floor. Very good point. Who among you has invited this bird watcher into our committee? I think Hardil will say, it is clear to me that none of us are here without your invitation. And it seems like if any of us have done any inviting, it must be those devotees of the eternal flame before us. And Bodain, I think, is just looking at you, Joan, in this way as if to say, turn your back for just a second and I will fucking stab you. And she, like, faces him with, like, an unpleasant grin. It would seem that you are here by divine command. What do you have to say for yourself? Her Royal Highness has bid me here in order to further the cause of the Scovlin Revolution. A cause that you have no interest in, do you, traitor? No, very little. Yeah, and I think from, like, from behind, around the table, there's some sputters of like, what the fuck? Revolution? I think... Like, Farzana's definitely like, I didn't sign up for anything like that. What is going on? Um, so this is, like, creating other commotion as well. I have no interest in your rabble-rousing, nor do I have any connections with it. Nor do these fine, respectable people at this table. So what is your purpose here? My purpose is to ensure that Queen Freya, Her Royal Highness, makes it the throne. My purpose is the independence of Scovlin. And if you have renounced that purpose, Joan, then you will pay. But he's not, like, really making any decisions or anything. You know, like, he's just saying that. Your queen seems to have dropped out of existence. At least this one. She has returned to where she most belongs, while I keep ones such as you, creators, here. And when he says this, uh, from next to him, Nabila says, What? What do you mean he returned? Where has she gone? What's going on? Look, none of this. What is going on? Ma? And like, just like... What, like, anyone please explain this, because this is fucked up. I think Vickers will interrupt at this point and step forward towards Badan and uh, say, well, then there is no reason you should interrupt the proceedings. Please have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to pull out the chair for him so that he can sit down and have this conversation like a civilized person. This is a committee meeting. There are rules, damn it. Okay, so I will say that this is a role. Uh -huh. And I think the risk here is that you risk, this is divine revelation, you risk him becoming like a full-blown part of the committee, whatever that means. Good. 
<laughs> you know, in fact, sorry, let me take that back. I think that's desperate. I think like adding a ghost to your committee is really bad. So yeah, you're in a desperate position. Okay, you can uh, Is the action command, you think? Uh, yeah. You are telling him what to do. You're not really like force of personality, uh, I think. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I have a devil's bargain for you. Okay. Which is that from your future will appear here uh, in order to help you with this. What? Sorry, what from my future will appear? Someone from your future, a person from your future will appear in order to help you. No, I think I live in the moment. I'm not So, do I have standard effect? And, yes. Uh, yeah, that's okay, standard. So my, my effect, I guess, is to have him sit down and shut up and stop disrupting proceedings. Correct. That's really my only goal. But hopefully that yeah. helps in some capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, since, I, since I did not take the Devil's Bargain, I shall push myself for a die. I don't think I need okay, great right. effect. Or do I need great effect? Maybe I oh, want man. that. With great effect, what would you get here? I think with great effect, you would really demonstrate your control over this committee. Like, I think you would fill the clock, right? Um, because what could be more obviously, like, authoritative than just being like, I'm gonna, I get to decide who stands at this table. Mm -hmm. hmm. So yeah, you know what? I think it would be very funny if I filled the clock this way. Is everyone okay with this? With with? Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. Okay, then I shall attempt to achieve our goals by uh, rolling desperate great with no bonus dice instead. I rolled yeah. a six though, so it's fine. Yeah, I think it's a one and a one. Um, I think that like, so Boden is so incredibly confused. Uh, by what is currently happening. Like, his righteousness, which Joan was responding to exactly the way he'd imagined, has yeah. now been completely undercut by Vickers being like, would you like a seat? Um, mm -hmm. And he's like, he looks around, he can see, like, and I think Hardil's, like, very stern face, his demeanor of, like, I'm completely uh -huh. unflappable, does not, like, help him be like, this is weird, right? So... Uh -huh. He kind of like takes a seat and he says, My name is Bodain, and I am here as I have an issue with one of your compatriots. Yes, yes, very good. Complaints are at the end. I believe Joan has the protocol. Shall we proceed with the next point on the agenda? <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I, excuse, and then you're, and then like, I guess you just shut up. Uh -uh. Right? Like, he's like, wait a second. <laughs> No, no, we have a point on the agenda for complaints. This is not it. This is, there will be Excellent. no complaining. Very good. And I think what this means is that then you get to dictate what the next point is, right? So you shut him up and you say, well, the next point is X, and you can just go for it. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, hmm. well, we've already established the escalator, so there's no need to address that. I think, uh, yes, obviously, the next point shall be... Uh, Abbas explaining to everyone the uh, the importance of sacred architecture. <laughs> I think that's the you know how how it we must o obey all the principles of sacred architecture that the Chakravorty has laid down. Excellent. Yes. Thank you, Vickers. Mm -hmm. See, ladies and gentlemen of the committee, we are being washed away by the tide of blind progress. Only progress for progress's sake, without any consideration. As for what it is that people actually need. 
what will happen to this temple when these so-called renovations go through? Hmm? The beauty of this temple, which has stood here for since before time immemorial, will be destroyed. What about aesthetics? What about beauty? Hmm? When people come into this temple and they see the statues, the carvings on the walls, the paintings, they feel a sense of community. They feel that, yes, this, this is their, their city. They belong here. People understand that they have a shared culture. We cannot let this be destroyed. And I think, um, as you say this, I mean, the Sheikh is definitely on your side. So he's nodding and clapping enthusiastically. Um, Nabila, someone definitely needs to address her because she's like, I think, now uh, gone up to Joan and she's like, kind of like, Joan, uh, you, you work here, right? Like, what is going on? Um, and I think the Begum uh, is looking at Hardil and Hardil just like, like, shakes his head as if to be like, you don't get to say what. Um, and I think Hardil says, I agree with Abbas. We must not permit the ancient, profound beauty of the architecture be changed in any way. I propose we draw up a plan to renovate in such a fashion that nothing that is intact is changed, that everything is in its place, and that whatever happens, the changes will only be something that benefits the temple and its community. All in favor? And then he says, I, and then the Sheikh says, I, and then Fardana is worried about her daughter, so we'll pretend she abstained. She would have said, I. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, and Vickers, on behalf of, of Miras, will vote, I, because. The, the, uh -huh. you know, we had this class about the only important changes. Uh, that yeah. are directly necessary, but we have seen that the escalator is directly necessary for accessibility, <laughs> and so yes, correct. Miras made this argument a long time ago, and you know, yeah, we we need clearly uh, to improve the accessibility of the temple, but otherwise, it it's fine, can stay. I really okay. want to know how Abbas feels about this escalator that has been. Yes, <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah. it's right there. Yeah. This whole time, <laughs> was an elevator for some reason. No, it's no, an it's an escalator. It's, 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 no, it's an escalator. Yeah. yeah, that's worse. An elevator yeah. would have been... <laughs> yes. How, yeah. However... Um... I will approve of this escalator, given that I am the one who can design it. So it must be an aesthetically pleasing escalator. I think that's the compromise. It, it may... The technology is allowed, but it must look really nice and be like Art Deco, so it matches. Uh-huh. Incredible. There is a special case for NPCs in the book, which I quite like, which is when a master NPC makes a move, uh, they can just do it unless you resist, right? And I think 5% of cases, Hardil is not this kind of master NPC. His boss is. His boss is just like, you don't want to go there. But I think mm -hmm. in a committee meeting, um, him being a lawyer and understanding how procedure works, this is one of the few cases in which like, he can do this. And I think because you have completed the clock, he is unable to get everything that he wants. And I think, uh, I don't mind telling you that what he wanted was like, 
complete control of all of the bits in the temple that aren't haven't been cleaned out so he can clean them out and use them right mm -hmm. but i think what he will do instead he will say um to the sheikh uh sheikh abdullah i have heard that you have a deep interest in uh preservation and design yes that we put you in charge of the of the of the subcommittee to decide what designs constitute important designs um and what he's doing here is trying to like uh undercut abbas here so that like maybe work on abdullah like in his spare time and maybe figure it out that way i feel like abbas should resist this with the power of friendship I was, I was going to say something like, yeah, Sheikh Abdullah, you should take the, like, yeah, you should go ahead. Uh, you know, please drop by my room whenever you have any ideas and I'll help you uh, iron them out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this seems like insight to me. Deception or understanding. Right. Let us resist. A three. Um, I think that the reason that this stresses you out a little is that Adil is still nevertheless very charming, right? So I think he kind of like makes a tutting noise, like uh, as if to be like one of the rare times that his displeasure makes it like onto his face. He's like, fine, I tried it, didn't work. There's always tomorrow, right? And he just kind of like makes a, makes a statement like, very well, then it will be me, Abbas, and the Sheikh on the subcommittee. And then, you know. That eventually, that at the end of the day, he's always going to be outvoted because the two of you are going to vote in concert, right? But at least he'll be on the subcommittee. Let's cut away to Freya. Freya, you have. I, I, the way that I'm imagining this is that you are on this escalator, and as it proceeds through the ground, you're actually descending on this escalator, but you are now like in the air in the Sanctum Sanctorum. And in our present reality, that escalator doesn't exist. So you fall like. I don't know, maybe like six feet. And you're just like, what the fuck? Um, and I don't think like it does any like harm to you or whatever. You've fallen like longer distances. You've got some reflexes. That's not a problem. But it's just like what happens when you're standing on something that isn't there, you, you will succumb to gravity. Are you going to try and make your way back? Yes, I would. So my ghost key is in this, in the, is in the present. That was one of the consequences. Yes, your ghost key right. is in the present. You are correct. Where the fuck is it? Can I see it? I don't think it's like interesting to say that uh, you can't see it or you can't get it. So, okay, yeah, I know, I know what has happened. Yes, you can see it. Uh, it is in Padmamukhi's hands. And she's peering at it and then looking at you as if to be like, what's going on? Padmamukhi, was she the nice one or the mean one? She's the mean one. Padma Priya is the nice one. The way that I remember this is that Priya is nice and the other one's not nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I go, oh, thank you. Thank, thank you very much, uh, Padamukhi. I was looking everywhere for this, and I kind of snatch it out of her hands, or I try to. Yeah, I think you try to, and then she kind of like yanks it back and says, up, up, up. No, before you do anything, young miss, I want to know what is going on. Now, Abbas has told me that you are conducting some fashion of ritual and that fire the Sanctum Sanctorum. But I knew, I knew that I would need to come in and supervise, and I can see. You fell out of the ceiling. What is going on, young miss? 
I'll explain everything very quickly. And Freya is very good at snatching things out of people's hands and yes. not explaining. Great. I think this is a role. Um, yeah. I think it's controlled standard. And I think the reason it's controlled is that, I mean, she's not really going to, like, hit you or anything, right? Like, she, like, at some point, you'll come back, and then she'll ask you then what the hell is going on. Right? Um, yeah. But there is some risk here. Some, something could go wrong. Of course. Uh, if it's controlled standard, I'm happy to roll. As is. Mm -hmm. It's a five. Two and a five, yeah. Uh, I think your controlled consequence here, and you can always like roll with uh, roll again if you don't like it uh, or resist. Um, but I think your controlled consequence here is that as you snatch the ghost key out of her hands, you see her uh, mutter something, and a duplicate of the key appears in her hand. It is kind of ethereal. It doesn't quite have the same solidity to it that yours does. Um, and yet, I think she grabs it and she looks at it and she says, Well, I suppose I can't stop you from leaving. But that was quite rude. Yeah, she says uh, to empty air because I'm, I'm out of here already. Yeah, and she will kind of just look down at her key and say, Young people these days. Yeah. That's fine. So I have the key. We have ghost echoes. So is it yeah. relatively straightforward to navigate back to the future? Oh, man. Yes, but is it straightforward? Oh, you tell me. Do you think it is straightforward to find the same future? I think there's definitely problems here, potentially. Yeah. Like, I, it's possible, which I suppose is already a lot, right? That this is standard yeah. effect. Yeah. Uh, but it's not risk-free, I imagine. No, I don't think it's risk-free. Yeah. I think it's a straightforward case of attuning, though. Yeah. Uh, so let's say... I would like to assist you. Mm -hmm. okay. I have a very dumb but simple way to assist you, which is that, like, Vickers isn't really part of the meeting. So as everyone sits down and she goes back to, you know, serving chai, which is most of what she's doing this meeting, she will casually walk by the elevator and press the button to reverse its direction. So now it goes <laughs> up. Escalator, not the elevator. Escalator, yes. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But yes, you know, reverse the direction of the escalator. Now it's an upward-going escalator instead, so... All right, tell you this what. This clearly helps. I have recently taken a new ability, like a star. I will fly up to this. I will fly up to where the escalator used to be. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Or, or the where the escalator will be. I, anyway. Yes. Okay. I will fly oh. up to where I fell, I fell from, and thereby uh, part, be able to participate in this reverse escalator business. I think I was thinking desperate earlier, but actually, like, I think the assistance also helps fictionally because you have someone on the other side trying to, like, pulling you in as well as you trying to find find it. So I think you're now only at risky. And I think you're at risky I'm standard. I'm pushing myself to fly, so that makes it easier to do, to use this. So basically now I'm using the escalator, which I suppose is, yes. like, a different... Yeah, different absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think you're at risky standard now before you're pushed. So would you like to push for a die or for effect hmm. i would like to push for a die but I, mm -hmm. hmm, I wonder what desperate great i want to fly i, I want to like re-emerge majestic and ethereal wow i want to i, I want to descend like this like the queen I, I am yeah absolutely for to what purpose we shall see okay so let's say that with great effect, you will not just reappear, but you will reappear making uh, an appearance. Yes. And I suppose the desperate consequence here 
could be something to do with burden or perhaps. I mean, there are so many things. Yes, excellent. So long as you have no uh, problems coming with with. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. No, I like the. Again, I've had I've had a week to think about some of the things that could happen. And Princess said, "Okay, fine. No one from the future will." Yeah, sure. But there's so many other things can, that could still happen. Oh, lovely though. Five dice. One, five, six, five, three. Yeah, but that six. was a six. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think I know what happens. So you press a button, uh, not even really knowing what what you're doing, and you think it's going to change the direction of the escalator. But actually, what it does is that this table around which everyone is sitting with their little place names, about committees or whatever, suddenly breaks in half, but not in a an elegant way, in like one of those anime ways, right? Like where it's like split clean in half, and the two halves of the table push away, and the escalator rises, and Freya comes out of it, golden and maybe looking like she's crowned, you can't tell. I mean, surely that's just an effect of the light. But what isn't an effect of the light is A, Nabila saying, oh my god, you're back, and jumping at you in, like, you know, uh, joy and relief, and Bodan saying, her royal highness, and like standing up and saluting. I return and I hug Nabila and I look at Bodan and I give him a nod and I turn to the others and, you know, let's manifest this crown. Why not? I have ghost image. Uh huh. I am now wearing a magnificent crown. And in fact, like, I'm wearing like raiments. I'm looking royal. And I turn to the others and I say, hear me now. The ceaseless temple shall be forever present, and it shall pave the way towards a brighter future for the citizens of the empire at large. Scovland, Eruvia, Akros, all shall unite, and the temple shall be at the center of it all. And it shall all be, as the wise elder says, Follow his example, follow the sage, follow the vizier. And I turn to Abbas and I give him a bow. Okay. Uh, I feel like this, this is part of your great effect. This just happens, right? Uh, mm -hmm. People are paying very close attention because um, they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I think the sheikh will just say, praise be to the temple. And then, like, Farzana and the Begum will be like, yeah, praise be to the temple. Haddil is stone-cold stone silent, like, this is interesting. I'm not going to engage. Yep. Vickers is, is looking down the escalator to confuse that where Freya found these clothes and is trying to figure <laughs> out where they came from. Mm -hmm. Oh, man! Mm -hmm. Abbas is looking up at the... Is, is Freya, like, levitating almost, or...? Uh, not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Okay. Yeah, but I, uh, I did levitate. I did levitate. Yeah. I had the thing, and I'm like coming back to the earth. Yeah, I think I was just as, oh, yes. Thank you for those kind words, Freya. Yes, and Freya kind of like looks around as they're like, okay, uh, seems like everything's done. Um, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Where did you go off to? I visited a familiar place, she said cryptically. It's very good that this is very cryptic, because Bodain absolutely yeah. thinks this means you went all the way to Scotland and back, somehow. He's such a nice subject. Can I have him? 
he believes in you fully and truly, and he's also plotting Joan's murder even as we speak. Uh, but you can absolutely add him as a contact. Yeah, I was about to ask, how does Joan react to all this? Joan is kind of like, has been kind of in a moment with, with Nabila, who has been like, like looking past her as she was asking about, wait, what is this? To see a bus and multiple times saying like, no, no, shh, the, the questions are also at the end. <laughs> and at that point, the point where Nabila jumps away and Freya appears regally, Joan goes back to glowering at Baudet. <laughs> I think that uh, the Begum now, having been silent in her opinion for far too long, and I want to make clear here that there's a lot of chatter happening, which is not, we're just not always seeing it on screen. But for her, far too long is, is about four minutes. We'll say, surely the escalator is not the only change we are discussing. I will bring a point-by-point agenda to our next meeting so that we might fully discuss the complete rehabilitation and transformation of this glorious temple. And then like, she kind of looks around and says, as you can see, in the future, nothing is recognizable. That is what we, we, we must enact, and that is what I shall enact. And then she kind of like, you know those, uh, there's a meme of like Socrates with his like finger in the air? Um, that's what he's kind of doing, like declaiming. But she has lost the vote, right? Yes, so, so she can't, so, which is why she's like threatening in the future. She can't do anything yeah. about it now. I think I turned to Abbas and quietly whisper, Abbas uncle, who, who is this person? Is this someone who, who we like? No, Freya. This is, this is a person trying to destroy everything we have built. <laughs> do you want me to do something about that? Mm, just okay. So out of character, um, I was gonna try to do something, which is can uh, like we're in the coast field. Like, can we project some kind of vision of uh, like that's what I wanted to do is like show everyone like oh, this is what's gonna happen if uh, she gets her way. Oh, um, so Freya can do this. Because she's got ghost image, you can only do it if you're going to like roll something, and it's probably quite real. Tell, tell tell me everything that you think that you want to tell them will about the future of the temple if she gets her way. Tell me, describe it in detail, and I start shaping it. Let's do a let's do a let's do a group action. Sweet. Yes. Nice. Uh... And I'm going to make it. I'm, and I'm going to like materialize everything Abbas is going to describe. So you you speak and it shapes up. Hmm. Do you see see Freya these intri- intricately curved walls? Now imagine them just you know replaced by sterile plaster. See these columns here that have stood for thousands of years. Hmm? This whole room they'll destroy it. What to make? A place where rich people can come in with their their horse drawn sorry their goat drawn carriages or their elephants and then park here and this whole, the whole thing will become like a zoo. Mm? The smell will go for miles. Mm. I love how the most dystopian thing a boss can imagine is a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, 
It makes sense. I'm not. Yeah. It's just like funny our that he, uh, our Halod Temple, these sacred grounds that is used to serve people, will become only another tool for her enrichment. She will put over here her own shops, her own houses. She'll turn this thing into a hotel if she can. She will try to charge the people who live here, who come to us for help, just for a place to live. No, I just want to point out here that like Abbas has also established that elephants exist in this world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just saying, they could turn up at any moment. The elephants could be anywhere. Hey, they live in the Deathlands. <laughs> that seems like a very bad place for elephants to be, I'm not going to lie. Devil's Bergen, elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so as Abbas is describing this, um, Freya kind of like starts, kind of stands behind him and starts waving her hands and to, to kind of like, uh, hide the fact that she's like conjuring the illusion, right? And like, uh, as she disappears from view, um, because she stops concentrating, the royal uh, crown and like gar- garments vanish. But instead, what starts happening? And like, she starts her forehead like beads and sweat as she like concentrates on this. The tableau of the temple falling apart starts happening. So I'm going to first mark stress to conjure the illusion. I'm going to mark an extra stress for the illusion to be moving as like the elephants show up and like the temple comes crashing down. I'm going to mark another stress to affect other senses like, uh, you know, sound as like, you know, crashing and so on and like smell as you smell the horse shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a total of three stress for this illusion. And okay. I will roll sway. Yeah, I think if you are both rolling sway, then that is a group action. Yes, I would like to get a dual spargan. I think that as you craft this, it's possible that as you craft this illusion, Mm -hmm. you begin to also put in images uh, that you don't want to see, which is that you see images of Scovland in this future, and it is a desolate waste. Maybe, but may I suggest one, which is I would like to get the attention of some sort of like demon or horror. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, let me think about it for just a second. Yeah, I mean, you can, like, establish what it is afterwards, but, like... Demon elephant. Oh, yes, you are correct. That is, of course, what it is. It it, it is the demon uh, known... One of its names is the elephant. Um, It's got many others that I will come up with as I think about it. And it has a particular interest in in deception. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. I think we've seen a lot of royalty, but the other... Half of you is that is trickery, right? It is a trickster elephant. Fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it is paying. I think, in fact, it is not a demon that exists in your present. It's a demon that exists in the future. But having existed in the future, it will now exist in your present. This is totally normal. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea this is happening. No. Mm-hmm. Great. Excellent. All right. Sway. Uh, I have spent three stress already for the illusion. I'm taking a devil's bargain. What is my position in effect? Well, I see our position in effect. Yeah, so I think that you will have great effect here. So the reason that I think you will have great effect is that you would need great effect to convince someone whose entire life is fighting pointless committee battles. Like she and the Sheikh Abdullah have been in a bureaucratic tug of war for like the last 10 years now. So you will have great effect here. If you manage to convince her to like not take this forward, 
but I think that you are in a desperate position, and I think the desperate desperate position here is that she may try to take other uh, other means of making what she wants happen happen. She'll give up on the um, meeting meeting. She might resort end up like resorting to something more serious. I don't mind it being war, literally, with the, with her organization. Entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. what are these paper pushers gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> What's this like random ass cult going to do? Hmm. Mm. Yes. Okay. Desperate, great with the bonus dice. Excellent. I will roll. A four and a five. Right. All right. Three. You were saying? Uh, yeah. No, I was just saying that I think that. What happens here is, so these, these illusions are like extremely convincing, right? And I feel like everyone in this, around this table, and like Farzana is not someone who really is um, paying much attention uh, to a lot of this, but like she's definitely paying attention to it. Uh, and she, I think you can see on her face uh, the horror that Abbas is trying to inspire in her. Um, and she's totally convinced. I think uh, that horror is mirrored in a weird way uh, on the Begum's face, but the Begum's horror is not, oh my god, this is terrible, but it is, oh my god, I can't get anything done on this committee. I will have to resort to something else. And I think that what the Begum will uh, resort to will be some kind of violence. Um, so just a, a little favor here. As the Begum sees this vision that horrifies everyone else, she's like, it's more beautiful than I ever imagined. <laughs> I must make it happen. Smell it. Smell it. Uh, so she will be committed to making exactly this horrible thing happen. Excellent. Obsessed with it. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh-huh. And I think that like, the reason she's obsessed with it is not because of the thing itself, but because she knows that if all of this happens, then she can get exactly what she wants. I want to suggest that, that this success, though, kind of concludes the score. Yeah, I think that makes I think sense. So. I mean, we haven't dealt with Badan, but we have sort of dealt with Badan in that he's going to follow Frey around and or scheme to murder Joan. But that just means we have a murderous ghost roommate. That's fine. We'll deal with that later. Yeah. Things we have accomplished from this role. We have Bodan as, you know, our new friend. We have an elephant demon interested in Freya. Uh, Begum Bushinder has lost her mind and is now perp- and is now obsessed with making this horrible traffic, uh, this horrible parking lot happen, right. which she will do at any cost. Excellent. Totally normal and fine, guys. I call that a good score. And we have acquired... I think that we have successfully like begun the renovation project. I think that we should earn a sanctuary. It yes. just kind of makes sense. Yeah. Command plus one dice to command and sway on site. Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. And it does mean that like every time you try and do this, you will have to, you know, make them come into your weird ghost reality. So perfect. Or maybe it just means that, you know, we can just do this every time it's easier or like we have the effect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's say, let's say that, uh, Freya, you have like a, 
you have now found that you have like a knack for finding this future again. You know, for some reason, like when you look for it, it's right there. Um, and that reason is, is the elephant demon. But also, isn't it great that you can find it whenever you like? Yes. So, yeah. There's I think... no problems here. Everything is going amazing. Yep, yep. Uh, that's the score then, right? That's the score. Amazing. I think I want to end on this shot of uh, Nabila kind of like holding Freya's hand and like just like lecturing her and being like, don't you ever do that again. Can't believe you would scare me like that. I'm going to do it so many times. <laughs> Indeed. Out of character. In character, I'm like, oh, no, 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 of course. Don't. Uh, thank you for being so worried. Mm. Uh, I had no idea what happened, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So I think that we can call that a score. You will make some money off this. Uh, I think, let's say, you'll make four coin partially because Hardil is happy to put money into you, but I do think you will have to pay it back. And what is happening here is that he's laundering his cash through you. So he's like making some bills and then being like, oh yeah, the temple is employing me or whatever. And then like he'll get the cash back. Um, but you will also get plus two points. That's not what pro bono means, Hardil. No, it's not. Um, it's really not. I want to be clear here. Uh, that is the opposite of pro bono. So how much coin do we actually get? Uh, so you get, uh, so you lose what? Your tier plus one. So that's, you lose two coins. Yeah, so we lose two. Yes. And then we gain two for occult operations. Yes, correct. But mind you, this is optional. Like we can choose not to pay our word. Also price. true. Yeah, yeah, but I think in this, in this situation, it makes perfect sense that it works like this because our occult score comes from our supplying occult materials to Begum Bashundara. And I think it makes total sense that like she gives us this money and then Hardil takes it. It just is very logical. <laughs> yeah, that's very mm -hmm. funny, actually. You're right. <laughs> Fair enough. But on that note, um, Bashundara contract claim plus two coin for occult operations. This was an occult operation. Yes, no, that, 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 that's what I think we're saying. That like you get the plus two contract and that's exactly the two that will to get taken away by um by Hudbill. I'm just gonna note in fact that uh Hudbill is laundering money uh through the temple. This is definitely not gonna be a problem. To be fair, he's very professional. Like he's very unlikely to get caught. Mm -hmm. I mean it's fine. If he's going to work for us pro bono then we can let him launder, launder a little money. A little money. Only two coin guys. Yeah, so two coin, a weekly income for a small business. Not very much at all. <laughs> two weeks wages, fun fact. Okay, uh, great. I'm going to roll your wanted level. Wow, you're at two wanted level. That's not good. No, that is actually quite bad. Entanglement, a show of force. Oh, this is really bad for you, actually. Faction with whom, ah, uh, well, you get what you want. A faction with whom you have a negative status makes a play against your holdings. Give them one claim or go to war. Um, I think it's pretty clear what's going to happen here, uh, which is that the Begum's going to make a play for your plus two, for your plus two coin claim. Like she will notice that that's there, and she's like, "I'm going to take it off you." I will literally die before I give it. To yeah. Me. So like, either you, you know. Give it to her, or you go to war. Mm. Guess what are we I'm, I'm not giving her anything. Exactly. Yeah. 
So I guess we are going to war with Pagan Bashandara. Yay! It just made too much sense once I saw that. Um, so I guess she's no longer in the uh, in the committee, kind of, probably. What? You think she can't be in a committee with someone whose guts she absolutely wants uh, to, fair. like, you know? She's married to someone like that. She can be in a committee with us, too. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So... Okay, we'll see what this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that what that means. Bagumbosundara will be destroyed. So, after the score during the payoff, we determined that Bagumbosundara is now going to do everything she can to get her new vision of the temple, which is a zoo slash parking lot, to happen. Up to and including going to war with us. So, we're now at war with Bagumbosundara. I have realized exactly how you're going to be at war which is you are going to be drowning in paperwork. No time to do anything. Oh, that kind of yep. war. Yep. No, it's a boring war. Oh, yeah. It's She's trying a... to outwar us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, let's just like, I think we see the scene where, unlike many of the things that arrive at your temple, this is not a, delivered to you by like some kind of ragged urchin or a ne'er-do-well. Uh, this is given to you by. So I, I, another thing that I was thinking about this week, because I'm like this, is that I was thinking that like the bureaucracy would probably have its own like I wouldn't call it a police organization, but some kind of like organized militia. And really, all that it's for is protecting the interests of the bureaucracy. But one of the things that they do also is like deliver this kind of notice. There's mercenaries in Uduasha, we've established. There's no centralized police right. force, but there's plenty of like guns for yeah. hire. It makes sense for the bureaucracy to yeah. hire them. So I think that oh no, I think this is like a a standing contract with like one group that the bureaucracy is kind of like written. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so I think like this large burly woman delivers something to you. Or like delivers something to like whoever is at the temple. Uh, takes your signature on like four different pieces of paper and then looks around at the temple, kind of like sneers and then walks, walks away. Having the, we just got yeah, and, and the letter is very comprehensive and you can see, so one, A, there's three copies of this letter, which is the least number of copies that you can get away with, uh, which is say there's one for you, one for the Begum and one for the bureaucracy library. And it's a letter that basically says that just this like discrepancy in the contract that she has uh, with Earl Ashcroft, and having noticed this, she believes that you are embezzling funds from her, and she has begun the process to apply to begin a case against you in the lower courts. Um, and what that means is that, like, you know, you're going to be stuck while you're stuck in the justice system. Like, you can't really, like, your assets are frozen. You know, like, whatever you do is going to, like, potentially come under scrutiny. And you'll have to, like, grease the wheels to be able to do stuff. And for the listeners, the reason that this is important is that when the crew is at war with someone, um, instead of getting two free downtime actions during downtime, they only get one. And this is one of the reasons that this crew specifically is only going to get one. Delightful. Time to destroy this person. <laughs> I, I have an idea for a free play scene as well, but um, 
I want to do some downtime first. Freya would definitely like to indulge Vice, and since we haven't seen her Vice prepare before, that might be a little bit more mm -hmm. involved, so someone else can go first. If no one else has an idea for what they want to do, I can go first. Uh -huh. Oh, I mean, we have a joint idea. We have a joint oh, idea, Oh, you have a yes. joint idea. Please lay this on me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this probably is not necessarily a scene, but what Vickers is going to do is uh, she is going to take Augustus Khan, the redeemed Morrissey, mm -hmm. and uh, is going to be interviewed by the newspaper. You see, by uh, Abbas's newspaper, for a piece about the redeeming power of sport, how it has the ability to take this. Of course, he, we are still trying to like disguise his old identity. So he will be like an anonymous man who was embroiled in vice and crime before he started with a wholesome, uplifting practice of roofball. <laughs> and look what a changed man he is today. Wow. Okay, I want to make clear here. So Morrissey has changed his identity completely, right? So like, yes, what yeah. like new identifying feature does he have that sets him completely apart from like that sets Augustus Khan completely apart from Morrison? Yeah, well, besides his uh, his fake nose and like the the disguise yep. kit that I have applied yep. to him to change his appearance, but I I guess this is establishing like his new personality trait, mm. and I think the funniest the funniest personality trait to go with Augustus Cardis. I feel like he got this weird confidence boost <laughs> when he was, as you said, an Indian guy pretending to be French very yes. badly. Yeah, indeed. Uh -huh. I think that the new trait he has is that he's a romantic. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Which is so far removed from Morrison before, but now he's like, yeah, he, uh, he recites poetry and has like this grand romantic idea of himself and he's like, he uh, is trying to impress some girl with his roof ball skills. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. He is a romantic. To impress several different people at the same yes. time. And it is... Yes. I don't think he's succeeding with any of them currently. Maybe with the redemption clock finishes, you know, he will be good at mm -hmm. it. But for now, all of them... Oh, man, yes. this is bad. Uh-huh. So I think how this will work is that Vickers will work on the redemption of Augustus Khan to like get him to basically to like coach him through the interview, and then Abbas will write the piece. <laughs> okay, about great, him fantastic. To work on the newspaper. Club. Yeah. Um, we also described him having an eye patch, a romantic eye patch. Yes. Which of course doesn't normally come through in newsprint, but mm -hmm. in his article it does because he keeps yes. referring to his how he lost his eye. As one of his for formative experiences. I love the. What's the state of technology uh, as far as uh, photography is concerned in Blades? I think that, like, in Iruvia, I, I feel like so uh, photography is at like the cutting edge of like electroplasmic technology. And I think that hmm. the Chandlers do have a way of capturing images, but that is more. Um, what happens is that a skilled artisan. Uh, is able to like duplicate a very like quote unquote photorealistic image onto a piece of wax, and then the wax is treated in a way that makes it look real, but it's not really a photograph. Mm. Um, and in any case, both of those things are like really expensive. I think uh, then probably newspapers are like illustrated newspapers, like dead yeah. drawings. Yeah. Mm. Yes, but that gives me an idea for how to uh, make my newspaper the best one to uh -huh. have. A a photographer. Amazing. Ah, yes. Okay. 
Which, which, which I'll do, I guess, next yeah. time around. Yeah. yeah. So for now, I will consort with Augustus Khan, and I think basically what will happen is Vickers will conduct the interview, right? And then Abbas will write the yeah. piece. Yeah. So I'll do a consort to work on my project yeah. first, and I roll Excellent. So I work very slowly on the redemption of one Augustus Khan, and I think the reason for this is that it's it's actually quite hard for him to to put himself in a positive light. <laughs> like he keeps saying things that like make him look yep. bad. Uh, and uh, and I think also like his terrible Indian French doesn't help because in the middle of like being no. very sad, um, <laughs> he will say something like "jitter uh, jit." Je tame, je tame. That's how you, yeah, je tame. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> you know? uh -huh. Excellent. So I don't get that much out of the interview, mostly for like, basically his public redemption is not going too well, but you might still bring attention to the newspaper. Yeah, absolutely. I think what could happen, okay, well, let, let, let me roll first. And what uh -huh. am I doing? I think study probably. Yeah, it seems appropriate. A four and a one. Um, Okay, so some more progress on the paper, yeah. at least. It's two, two ticks. ticks yeah. I think, mm -hmm. like, Abbas is able to add loads of, like, quite interesting context about, like, the history of roofball in Aruvia, the history of roofball in Uduasha, you know, the way that, like, the sport has changed over the years. It makes this, like, interview more interesting than it might be otherwise, right? And I also think we get this amazing shot at some point of... We just get this image of Goopy... And Baga, this newspaper. Actually, you know what? I think Goopy gets his copy for free because uh, you know he's yeah. a he's a contributor. Um, and I think they're reading it and going, "Oh wow, this is a really like uh, amazing story." Um, and then like one of them look at the other and say, "Doesn't this sound a bit like something Morrison would say?" And the other one's like, "Nah, no way, man, <laughs> no way." And they just move on, right? Morrison is it French? What are you talking about? Fantastic. Okay. Okay, that's my free downtime action. Uh, I will do more stuff, but I'm fine with someone else going next. So, uh, Joan or Freya? Sure. Um, I think it's time for Joe to indulge vice oh, as well. For, for the, the first, first time. time this campaign. It's been what? For the first time this campaign, yeah. and, and she has a new vice because, uh, well, the last yeah. one, which we never got to see, was reading reading scripture of the skin of the snake, uh, or predictions, I guess. Mm -hmm. But prediction, the snake is now gone, and it never really like managed to happen. And then the snake was gone, so I couldn't indulge vice. But now, there is something new. Yes. Her new vice um, has to do with the strange hunger that has been consuming her. I noted it's down as unaccountably peckish, if you know, you know. What I think she's going to do now is try to establish a purveyor. Mm. Um, and we discussed at some point that that purveyor might be, and I'm looking up the title, The House of the Hungry. Yes, we did say that. So why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about um, The House of the Hungry, or as it is otherwise known, The Hungering One, yes. The House of the Hungry uh, is in uh, Golumpit, which Joan has been in before, because that's where the Chandlers live. Work. Mm -hmm. uh, low down in the uh, in Udwasha, the light um, not quite so 
bright down here and strange shadows are cast by all of the things that happen above you. Yet, I think uh, the falling star is so hot that the closer you get to it, noticeably warm you get. So weirdly, the further away you get from the light, the hotter you feel. But maybe that's just because the Chandlers work here and they work a lot with flame, right? Like, so yeah. Um, how did you hear about the House of the Hungry? Is that something that, like, because the uh, Daddy Danda told you his method of changing, but that wasn't what you're doing now. Um, no. It's possible that during our time going into Golabith, for the time when we met the Chandlers, right? The time when we met that specific Chandler, who was very angry at us. We were at that point trying to get to know uh, what others outside the temple might need from the temple. Mm -hmm. And I think then, in like a moment that we didn't see, that Joan heard about this other temple uh, to another god that was here, yeah. and that was. Uh, serving many of the people of this area that had trouble with food. Specifically, usually, the lack of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, like, as you make your way towards it, you see, I think there is a constant hustle and bustle, and um, they have actually cleared out uh, quite a large, like, kind of wide public area, put down tables and chairs, and you see kind of rows of people eat. And as soon as someone's done, they get up and leave, you know, go wash their hands, wash them out, whatever. And they're immediately replaced by somebody else. What do you think? Actually, let me not ask you, Emma. Let's ask. What do you think uh, the priests of, the, uh, of this temple, um, what do they look like? I, I had an idea that spontaneously came yes. into, into my head. I think that the priests... They're all shirtless, and the only thing they wear on their upper body is a heavy rows of necklaces of teeth. Nice. Very good. Incredible. And I think you can hear the teeth kind of rattle, right? So, like, the hustle and bustle is also kind of, like, under... What is the word? Undermined. But there is an undertone of, like, this, this clinking of teeth as the priests move up and down. And they are the ones doing the feeding. And I'm taking a lot of the inspiration from, for this from um, the way that, like, in a certain kind of Indian wedding, as a South Indian wedding specifically, when you have lunch, uh, they will feed you on a banana leaf. Uh, and you're in, like, like, these very long benches. Sit down, and then someone just, like, has got a bucket, for example, of beans. That person just gets, like, some beans on their leaf, and then uh, this person will just go all the way down the line. And that's kind of what's happening here. And I think, Joan, you can see that if you want to join the line, it's going to be a while. Or you can go inside the temple, see if you want to talk to a priest, maybe arrange something. I, I, don't, like, I don't have any use for more no. food. I need to know about yes, hunger. Yes, indeed. So if you want to know about hunger, um, the main temple itself, of course, is also full. Um, but you can meet a priest, no problem. And I'll tell you what, it's possible you will not meet a local Iruvian priest. It's possible you'll meet an Akarosi 
There is one in there. Yes. I'm going to flip a coin just to see. But so one is Iruvian and two is Akarosi. Two. You're going to meet the Akarosi NPC that is in the notes. Madison Frake. She's a priestess of the empty vessel, which is what people in Akaros call um, the hungering one. And in fact, she will come up to you as you kind of wander in and say, and she will say, um, mm, you have the look of someone about you. Perhaps I can help? What is it that you seek? One thing I will say about this person is that they are not dressed like a traditional priest of the hungering one at all. Interesting. They're dressed in casual accuracy clothes. Accuracy right. clothes. But I don't think I recognize her as one that first. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do when a rando stranger turns up and asks you the question? The look of someone about me. And I, I, I am someone. Joan, actually. And then she, like, awkwardly sticks out her hand. Madison, like, grabs your hand and then, like, turns it over and peers at your fingers and says, hmm, interesting, calluses and uh, a hint of electroplasm? My, my, you've lived an interesting life. Uh, what, have you, what have you done to bring you into the temple of the empty vessel? Think of eating something that didn't sit well with me. Hmm. And you are sure that this is not merely some uh, indigestion caused by street meat? When I eat, the hunger doesn't go away. And I think when you say this, like her eyes go kind of wide. Uh, and she says, True disciple. Yes, come with me, come with me. Like she just like grabs you by the hand and starts like walking you over. The way that I imagine this temple is that like it's got like these like big ornate pillars carved, you know, with various like facets of the hungering one in all its shapes and forms. Um, and she leads you to and I'm like oscillating between she and they for Madison, because for some reason I have now decided she leads you to like a, a little part of this compound where you can see it's mostly Akarosi sitting here, talking to each other, yelling, rolling dice. And they kind of like look at their compatriots and say, friends, friends, I have brought a disciple. Come sit, sit. I'm sorry, who are you exactly? Ah, yes, I'm so sorry. I uh, did not make your acquaintance. My name is Madison. I am Madison Frake. I'm a priest of the empty vessel sent here straight from the from the imperial heartland in order to speak with our brethren again i'm joan pleased to meet all and like everyone else like kind of says hello joan hello joan um and madison says so tell me you feel that you have a void in you she like kind of uh she can't find her words at the at the like at being interrupted mm -hmm. Having wanted to say, like, oh, yes, I am a disciple. I am a priest of, or not a priest, uh, but like a, a groundskeeper of the, 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 the undying one. But uh, Madison's kind of forcefulness pushes that thought away. Um, and she answers, honestly, yes, I, as I said, I, I can't seem to find nourishment. That 
satisfies me. Ah, well, seems you have already unlocked one of the mysteries. Some of us go decades without finding it, you know, but you have that look about you. Hunger is a, is a gift. How would you like to learn about hunger? I spoke to a friend. He, he said, he advised me to learn how to eat again in a way that others could show me how. Ah, yes. To appreciate food, to be nourished by it. And I thought, since, since you, you are so involved in the matter. I will um, note for, for our audience that one of the tags that Madison Freak has is cannibal. Ah, yes. Um, and and they, they will say, truly, one starts by learning that our hunger is a gift and that to nourish it, we must only consume that which we know will sate us. And then I think uh, they point to someone in their little group who is currently like looking at a banana. And this banana is like kind of in front of them. And it's kind of like unripe. Uh, and she says, now, Emil over there, he's been looking at that banana for four days. He's been watching it ripen. Not ready yet. And when it is, then only then we'll eat it. That is what hunger is. I just want to find out what, what will save them. Hmm. Well, the unsatisfactory answer is trial and error. Um, but you look like someone who has a deeper instinct. What do you feel drawn to? What kinds of things do you think are particularly enticing? And we are friends here. Let me tell you, some of us consume things that would not be considered uh, polite by many the empire. Now, someone else might be pushed back, mm -hmm. repelled, or get the sense that they are walking into a place that is dangerous. But we have seen from Joan already that what has in the past worked for her to like deal with great existential problems is to throw herself into the into the embrace of a divinity or into faith. Yeah. And that is also why she came here, rather than seek out a doctor or uh, Vickers's uh, alternative friend. So she thinks for a moment things that have spirit. That is what I hunger for. Ah. Uh... You know, I think that you, you are saying exactly the right things. It's not even, it's almost not even a role mm -hmm. here. But I'm just curious, fortune roll to see how much she likes you, you know? Like, she likes mm -hmm. you a lot, but I'm just curious. Probably a consort with Dyson, but you can have, like, one die from her. So. All right. 
fortune consultant, one die from herbs, one die. Uh, yeah. That's a five. So basically, like, I, like, essentially, I was wondering, is she going to turn, uh, turn up right now and say, hey, I'm a cannibal? She's not. But I think um, with a five, she, gets, she, she looks at you and she says, spirit. Oh. Once you get a taste, there's nothing else quite like it. Why some of us, some of us hunger for it, something quite fierce. I think that you would make a fine addition. I think you and I could both learn much from each other regarding hunger. And then I think she uh, roots around in her um, got a little bag. No, I don't think that's what she has. I think that there is a little table set up um, in like this one corner of the compound. Uh, and they go over to it and pick up what looks like some kind of ripe fruit, apple or something. And they come back and they hand it to you and they say, this has been grown using kind of technique only really being used in Duskwall. Got electroplasm in it. Quite the kind of spirit that I think you or I love but it will do to start i think now is where you should roll your vice roll yeah i think so too ha, a five and, and a six. six i mean it's not even the apple it's just being around people who seem to get it, it the apple's fine but the mm -hmm. fact that like there is a look in madison's eye um as you eat it when they go yeah it's not great but it's it kind of scratch it's like Drinking, have you ever had, maybe you haven't actually, um, in India, a very common way to adulterate coffee is to put chicory in it. And the chicory is mm -hmm. not very good, but it, it's still coffee. It's kind of like that. It's like nothing that, like somewhat like the real thing, but kind of also unsatisfying. And it's that moment of camaraderie that really helps. Yes, that seems... <clears throat> That seems fitting. And uh, I think Madison will say, um, come back anytime. Uh, some of us are meeting separately soon. So if you would like to join us. And then like, they, I think they scribble something on a piece of paper and just like, fold it and hand it to you. Um, and it's probably like, you know, first meeting, like the introduction to the secret cannibal cult or whatever. Like, not everyone is up to this, but some people are. Uh, and I think they're just like, if you want to come, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to, no pressure. Knowing full well that nothing entices people more than, oh, it's just a thing. Don't even worry about it. You don't have to come. And I think that's what she says with an unfittingly big grin. You know, I will be there. I run this cult, so I don't want to. So it, it's a bit um, tooting my own horn, but I am enjoying how fucked up this is. That there's this uh, European temple that's feeding the hungry, a uh, wonderful noble institution, and inside it, there's a bunch of acrosies who are like, "What if we eat?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that I 
Yeah. The way that I imagine it is that, like, the Aruvians are up to their own stuff, but it's definitely not cannibalism. Um, it's definitely not cannibalism. But I also really enjoyed... So I... Um, oh, man. Maybe, like, even 10 years ago now, uh, I went on a hunger strike for something, and I, I was drawing on a lot of that for this, where, where like, the present feeling of hunger everywhere, and then, like, pushing it away. Like... Yeah, Madison was just entirely that feeling mm-hmm. given voice. So, and I really quite enjoyed that. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri called tree. Zoheb called Clow. Prince, Emma, and Adyat called Soap. Intro music, Jalandahar by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperateattune On the next episode of Desperate Attune Every member must earn their wings I think we're at the stage where we can try you out for it. Though I must remind you, she says, and she stares at him kind of sternly, that you did attempt to seriously injure my husband. I would like you to keep that in mind as this exercise comes up. All right? Ah, mon ami. In in war, all this is to be expected. Indeed. You're coming along nicely on the accent, I must say. The trick is to not actually speak... Severusi, but merely affect it in Peruvian. You know, you should be able to take <laughs> acting classes. I'm sure there's something up in Ischloister. Anyway, I would like you to try on at least a pair of wings. And she will hold up a harness with wings on it. Similar, but not exactly the same to what Vickers wears, uh-huh. and we will see why I mean, in a he's minute. he's going to wear it. So he gets strapped into this wings, and he I think it's put on yeah. him by the other Roofball members. And then... Uh, Vickers will point at like a runway that leads out oh over the God. Great Drop. Alright, so this is a little exercise I like to call taking the plunge.